This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Do you drive a vehicle? Then you'll find AutoCorrect helpful, especially on Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week. Listen to our podcast with me, Coach Charlie Melton, on any podcasting platform or on the MPB Public Media app. From MPB Think Radio, this is Now You're Talking. It's a show about the most interesting people and stories <laughs> in Mississippi. I am your host, Marshall Ramsey, editorial cartoonist and editor-at-large at Mississippi Today. Our guest today, well, definition of father and son bond. There's more than 50 years in the entertainment industry with the fathers. He's the founder and host of WLBT's former Black Gold Dance Program. He's owner of Phoenix Records. And, of course, he's radio announcer, just a legend. Lee King is here. And you know his son because you get to hear him right here on MPB Radio as well. Kamal King is in the house as well. He's no tortoise either. He's an entertainment lawyer with Frascona Courtney Law Firm. He's Tourism Development Bureau Manager with Visit Mississippi. And, of course, he gives Jermaine all kinds of grief every Friday <laughs> all here the time. on MPB Think Radio. <laughs> Man, gentlemen, I am so glad that you are both here. Um, it's technically Monday, uh, so as as I hear, and yesterday was technically Father's Day. So, okay. Um, so Lee, congratulations, Happy Father's Day. Well, oh, thank you, kind of same to you. So, did you have a good uh, good Father's Day? Oh no, no question about it. With, uh, the greatest Father's Day that I could ever have is with my family and being surrounded by them and let them talk about me and trash talk and tell yes. them and <laughs> yes. joke about me and tell me how crazy I am. Yes. Uh, you, <laughs> that's the best Father's Day of all, especially the good food and, and the good company. It's just great. Well, I fried the, the shrimp and uh, seeing that that was enough for you, you can refund the money back that I gave you for Father's Day since that was good enough for you. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but uh, there's only one master chef in the family from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We, we You know, we men from Baton Rouge can cook, so you did all right. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> Y'all see what I got to put up with, Marshall? Well, no, I mean, I have a feeling that it goes both ways. Yeah, oh, almost certainly. But you never, I mean, you never had a chance, did you? Did no. You know, no, no, of course no, not. You never had a chance. Never. You, you knew you were going to get into entertainment in some way, but you went a little bit different direction doing the lawyer thing. Certainly, certainly. Yeah. Just watching my dad, I mean, he's my hero, my best friend, uh, and being a tight backstage and meeting people and meeting stars and concerts and his shows, I knew I wanted to do it, you know, but uh, the, the thing about it was he and my mother would always have me read biographies and autobiographies every summer. And uh, every part of it was about law. Law was always really? used to change things, to change the world, uh, to combat racism. To uh, it, it either was a weapon that was used wrong or was a weapon that corrected things. And I fell in love with law at an early age, but I knew I wanted to do what he did. And so that, that marriage just came between the two. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I think all three of us can talk about the whole creative entertainment business because we've all kind of – we do our different things in it. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, if you don't understand the business and the legal side of things, you're going to end up on short end of the state. Most certainly. Definitely. Yeah. And you know one thing, too, when I was out on the road – uh, James Brown at an early age taught me he had a lawyer that traveled with him. And it is because he wanted to say what he wanted to say and do what he wanted to do. He had the lawyer to try to give him perspective of, of how, what boundaries were there and that sort of thing. Um, he's always He was always entering into contracts. So he kind of passed that on to me with the lawyer. Uh, he was sh- shoved the contract over to me and said, hey, little fella, read this and tell me what you think. And I thought he was just really kidding and that sort of thing. But he valued my interpretation of what 
the, the spoken law was. And the attorney always shook his head and said, he's right. So I always loved law. I, and and, and if, if you really look at it back in the day, another path that I would have taken would have been law. Either being a lawyer or a judge, or I love law. Mm-hmm. To learn to love it, mm-hmm. and then its interpretation, what it will do and what it won't do, places it will put you in and take you out of. So I was so happy that my son chose that mantle. Yeah, and he debates with me all the time. Yeah, <laughs> all through law school, all now. The first contract I ever signed was with him. Like the ball, I think a hundred dollars or something when I was young. It had an interest rate and everything. So yeah, uh, falling in love with the law. He was at an early age. Yeah, forget about the biography. <laughs> right, like, right. I like a peanut butter and sandwich, jelly sandwich. Well, first sign time, this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's the truth. <laughs> but, I mean, Lee, that says a lot about you, though, seriously, that James Brown turned around and looked at you and said, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. It, it was interesting. The first time I thought it was a joke, and then I, I saw that after I interpreted what I saw, and he then quizzed the lawyer about uh, the the veracity of what I said. And the lawyer said, well, for whatever reason, he's right on. And uh, for him to, after that first initial question uh, about taking the contract. And the reason is that the lawyer was always putting out fires in the box office. Mm -hmm. So I was sitting there all the time with James Brown and the promoters would come in and shove the instead of waiting for the attorney to come back, would shove the papers in his hand and then he'd shove it in my hand. And he said, uh, the the promoter would say, well now we got to sign this before you go on. He would say, "Uh, Mr. King, and he called everybody who worked for him, and I was a teenager at that time, Mr. King, tell me if you think I should sign this. I'd look it over, and whatever I thought was wrong, I'd tell him. And when the lawyer came back in the room, he said, well, I got to tell you, he's right on. So, uh, and after that, every time the lawyer was out, James Brown would shove that, that, that contract over to me. Dang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the craziest things I have, I, I, and, and all of a sudden, all of the guys in the group, the band, and everybody surrounding him, Start calling me professor. I mean, really did. Uh, and I was a young, young kid on the road, and uh, that was a, that was a turning point in my life. But do you make him all call you professor? <laughs> I'd make him call me Mister Professor. <laughs> I'll call uh, uh, Camille. Will call you anything other than uh, being late for dinner. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> When did you discover early on that you really enjoyed the entertainment business? And I mean, I mean, cause for me, I knew pretty early on that I could draw a picture and I could get attention. Okay, I mean, that was how that's how I kind of got into it because I think every kid in the world wants somebody to look at them. And I, hey, look, I can draw a picture of my teacher with like you know twenty five fingers and stuff like that. And uh-huh, people are going, oh, uh-huh, wow, that's uh-huh. funny. Twenty five well, fingers. Twenty five <laughs> fingers. Oh my god. Well, re- re- real early, as I was a kid growing up, uh, I was a radio announcer at the age of ten. Uh, uh, okay, how did, you, how did that happen? I won a dance contest, a statewide yeah. dance contest, and as I was accepting the award for the dance contest, it was sponsored by a radio station. And as I was speaking to the audience, the, the uh, radio announcer said, well, say a few words. And I did tell them what I thought about it and gave them a dissertation of that I was happy and all of that. 
And he said, uh, after I got through, he said, boy, you have an interesting voice. Have you ever thought of radio at 10? At 10. I, said, I said, yes, yes, lion. <laughs> yeah, yes, indeed. Um, and after that, he said, well, I tell you what, you come to the station with me and let's go over there and let's see if something you like about it. That's where it began. And he pushed me in the chair the second day and said, because I got cocky, I watched him. I said, oh, I can do that. And he said, oh, you think you can? He put me in the chair and I had watched how he he uh, handled the board and for whatever reason knew what he was doing and from that point I was chosen to be a, uh, a part-time radio announcer on weekends still riding a bike yeah, you right. Know, yeah. You know, every time he tells that story, it goes back a year. By the next time you interview him, he would have been a, a toddler. <laughs> toddler. He was yeah. a toddler. He had to pull his <laughs> <out of> his <laughs> Oh God! Well, that, that, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> so you can hear that popping sound <laughs> live. <Right. laughs> I know it has this deep voice. Right, like you too. Yeah. Oh God! But I mean, seriously. I mean, obviously, it, there were no child labor laws back then. Apparently, no, especially not in radio station. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't care. They put you. And I, I got to tell you, the reason was a selfish one. Uh, the full-time radio announcers just did not have anybody to cover for them yeah. when holidays came up and when special occasions came up, and they didn't know anybody who could fill in in that slot. Yeah. So they called themselves training me to fill in those slots. I not only was, after I went through the training, I replaced some of them for their job positions because they didn't like to do. Uh, holidays and weekends. I loved it because everybody was coming into town on holidays and weekends. Um, so yeah, you oh. had the right. And that's the thing. You, you know, you never know about success in this business. A lot of times, it's just who hears you or who yes. sees you. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. on that. So, so and, and like I said. You touch, you know, the thing I always love about interviewing you is it's like it's always like a master class. No, oh, thank on, you. On the business. No, hmm. and, and I mean that. I'm not just saying that because I'm sucking up to you, because well, I kind of am. But I mean, you talk about the James Brown thing, talk about, you know, when he got up on the stage and, you know, when he was asked up on there, he performed, right? Yeah, you got to be ready. And you were ready when you got behind the mic. And I got to mm. tell you, everybody who's never done this, and you sometimes you can see guests when they come in and they've never done radio before, the mic can be pretty intimidating. Most certainly. And, most and certainly. having the energy to be able to fill up a room yeah. when mm-hmm. it's just you. Yes. That's yes. not yes. easy. Yes. No, it's not. Yes. So for you to do that at 10, or is it 9? We, we, so we've been talking for a couple minutes. <laughs> it's Seven at this point, Mark. Wow. We may not make it till the end of the show. Oh, my God. I was an infant. I was in the womb. (laughs) Oh, I tell you, I I had a lot of fun. Uh, I guess it had a lot to do with my imagination and music. I was uh, an avid music lover uh, from, oh, boy, as long as I can remember. Uh, My parents in the house played a lot of blues and a lot of R&B music and that sort of thing. Fell in love with it. In a uh, as a young child, so when it was time to do the radio thing, I was already because I knew all the music, everything they were playing on the radio. I had already. So for me to announce the records and the artists and talk about the artists, I already had that down. Yeah. That's what impressed them to start me off uh, on a few hours. And and I remind you now, 
uh, I also brought in, even though we had the adults and that sort of thing, I brought in a whole different clientele of people, the kids, the teenagers, and folks like that. So it changed things. So yeah. they stopped calling me by my name and started calling me Wonder Boy. Wonder Boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hated that. Oh, I hated that. It, it, it was like they were picking on me or something, you know. Uh, but they weren't. That was their way that of saying. Their way of respect. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. But I didn't know that. And, you know, here we're coming off Father's Day a little bit. We're talking about parenting for a half second. Come on. You, you obviously are doing what you're doing today because you watched him. Yeah. And not because he told you to do it. No. Because right. you watched And you are doing what you're doing today because your parents and you watched them. It's That's amazing right. how powerful that is. Yes, That's right. To give that influence. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and the way you treat your family and what you do with your family dictates and oftentimes how your family's going to end up, mm-hmm. uh, where your children are going to be and where they're going to end up. So if you don't... Uh, push out an image that is going to be a strong image and an image uh, of, of challenges and that sort of thing, well, your kids are going to get kind of complacent and just go out in the street and do anything. But if they start looking at what you're doing and see that it's viable and it is uh, something that you're adding to the community and to the world, they pick that up. You don't have to yeah. tell them. They, they'll see it. Yeah. They, they yeah. see how people come to you yeah. and, and respect you. So they they get that vibe. Oh, I've, I've and, and he's right on that. I've watched him my whole life, whether it's somebody at a drive-thru getting a burger at Wendy's, yeah. he is going to ask them, how's your day? And really mean it. And talk to them and make them have a good day and give them a good word. Uh, we would go back to Baton Rouge and I would see how people really embraced him that grew up with him and all in the community, how he treated people. And the big thing was I would see when I was young and he would do concerts. Sometimes he would come home with a lot of money. Sometimes I would know he took big, big losses. But then I started meeting grown men and women who said, you know, I found out that your daddy paid me, but he actually lost money. And I started finding out integrity in your word and he always said your word is everything your word is your reputation never break your word and so that being instilled in me coming up as an attorney when you have privilege with clients and you can really take advantage of people or really help them he would always say even when I started out he said now you're about to be an attorney he said don't ever you know mess over a client or mess with their money always keep yourself up front the first time you do it you'll never stop you know and so he's always kept me honest in that way watching his honesty and integrity but that engagement with other people like you're saying caring that empathy caring about what they're going through also I mean you talk about what you do with the tourism front yes at the end of the point if you make people feel like that they're welcome right yeah. you know that's yeah. important too yeah no, that, that's yeah. all that's what tourism is yeah you know when we go out on the road we just got back from chicago blues festival yeah two three hundred thousand people over a day so we i'm meeting hundreds and thousands of people i usually go home sick and it's not because i'm a sickly person but it's because i'm hugging no, yeah. and talking <laughs> to people and shaking hands yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. that human factor yeah. is what i've always that's learned called a virus yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I made it out this time good. Yeah, but yeah. he and my mother are that way, and so yeah. that taught me how to be, and it, it got in my spirit, and that's what I put out. Yeah. 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 Lee, I, I tell you, um, you know, and it's fun to watch all the different things. Just look back at all the different things you've done. And it's like you probably didn't know how to do any of them when you went into them. That's right. But That's you, exactly you just, right. But you had the attitude, yeah, I can figure this out. Most I can certainly. do it. Most like certainly. When they ask you, you went, oh, yeah. 
Every time, every yeah. time. When I when I got in the radio, I, 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 the guy said, you can do that. And I said, get get out of the chair and let me do it. I can show you I can do it. And uh, the grace of God, as I watched, I guess I memorized what he was doing and was able to do it. When I got into television, had no television experience whatsoever. Uh, when I started dancing, I got up. Uh, I watched people for a long time, and everybody laughed at me when I went to parties because I was the only one who didn't dance. And uh, it didn't. It wasn't because I didn't want to. It was because I thought everybody was good, and I wanted to be better. So I watched what, they, and I took a little bit from everybody and formulated my own dance moves and my own dance style and that sort of thing. And the day that I decided to get up, I was in a huge crowd, and when I got through, the the the, the crowd was just totally silent. And I, I, I thought it because I messed up real bad. And then all of a sudden it was a gigantic roar. That showed me that I had an audience uh, who loved what I did. But I pieced together so many different things to make it my own. Uh, when I got into radio, I didn't know what I was doing. When I got into television, I surely didn't know what I was doing at all. What about concert promotion? Because you were bringing, I mean, I don't, Marshall, he was bringing uh, before any promoters and especially any black promoters, he was bringing the biggest platinum acts to Jackson, filling up the Coliseum all the time. Well, my experience with James Brown here with that, and watching him, watching what was going on on the road, what he expected, uh, what he did, how he did it, how, he, how they uh, produced the show and that sort of thing. So when it was time for me to get in concert promotion, I just took on my mentality of what happened in the past uh, of being on the road with him for all mm-hmm. of those years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I did my first show, it was Earth, Wind, and Fire. Very, very first show. And it was of a... Uh, the first show. Of a first show. <laughs> yeah. Not Johnny Johnny uh, uh, Ringo from around the corner. Yeah. yeah. Some possum <laughs> right, right. Earth, Wind, in fire. fire. Yeah. I mean, well, all the elements. <laughs> yeah, all the elements. They're kind of big. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've heard of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I didn't have sense enough to be scared. I, I just didn't. And the, You're crazy. Yeah, I am that. I love being crazy. Uh, but, you know, everybody asked me, how in the world are you going to pull off doing Earth, Wind, and Fire? You've never done this before. Uh, it is because I had to believe in my spirit and my soul that I could do it. It, yeah. it, is, it is my uh, background. It is my... My uh, experience with being on the road and being an, uh, with artists and that sort of thing that led me to knowing that I could do it. So I never once thought I couldn't do it. I I had always thought I could. And and the the, the uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire tour, uh, when they saw the way that I put together the dates in the Mississippi area, they then had me going from one date to 20 dates to traveling on the road with them. But I got to give that to James Brown. He had a a business attitude about him that put me in the position of being able to do things on a different level than everybody else. Yeah. It was all business and that sort of thing. So that's how I got into that. So everything that I've done in my life, electrical engineering, never mm-hmm. did that before. Went to school to be electrical engineer and uh, did good. Come out of there and was an electrical en- engineer for several radio stations and TV stations. And he fixes everything. Oh, everything. <laughs> I love it. Everything. I, I got a grinder Marshall. pump that may be messed up, so I will talk about that a little bit. Okay, okay. <laughs> now, let me, let me say that, like, seriously, um, you could, I, have you ever thought about writing a book? I, 
Thank you, Marshall. I mean, seriously. Thank you. Because like I said, every time I talk to you, I mean, I, somebody once asked me, why aren't you bigger than you are? Which I thought was kind of a jerky question. But, there, you know, the headspace when you're a creative and you're mm-hmm. in the – sometimes you have self-doubt. And I think that's the biggest enemy ever to success. Mm-hmm. And you didn't have that. Right. I mean, you yeah. literally – you got past that. You're thinking, okay – I know I can do it, but then you didn't get cocky. You did the work. You did the work, and you realized, mm-hmm. okay, these are the steps I need to do. And a lot of people, I think, number one, they, they, they jump too quick before the boat gets yes, to sir. the dock. Mm-hmm. You know, they're thinking, oh, you, mm-hmm. I mean, our friend Rita Brent is a good mm-hmm. example of that. Mm-hmm. And she and I talked about that a lot mm-hmm. on this show when she was the producer. She was like, no, I'm not ready yet. I still yeah. got to do this, this, and this. But for you, the little things are why you became successful at the big things. Well, I Because you did, took care of the little things. Did I ever think about writing a book? No. Have everybody asked me, why don't I write a book? I tell them, uh, it never has hit me. To, and with whom? I mean, where do you start? Uh and I'm not sure if I want to do that. Well, you were too when you started the radio. So. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. literally, his mom was uh, holding right. our, our grandmother. Yeah. My uh, grandmother was holding yeah. the mic to yeah, her I belly, forgot, and I he was producing the show. What was I yeah. thinking? Yeah. Yeah. Well I, well, I guess I just never really thought about it. My son has asked me about it several times. Other people in the industry about my experiences and how it would uh, uh, come out in the book and that sort of thing. I know an illustrator. Okay. Well, <laughs> right. I think there I know you go. Also. I'm looking there for you me. Go. I, there know, you go. I know a guy who can draw. Right. And with AI, it's a lot easier. Hey, 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 don't put me out of oh, a job before I, I even get I'm one. I'm not talking about the, the, the yeah, the illustration. I'm talking about getting the, the, oh, the, you know, writing, the part. writing part done. Oh, that is true, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Start today. Let's, let's talk about that real quick. AI. The business has changed. And you've seen that, Lee, in your life, too. You, you literally. Um, and, and I was thinking about the societal changes that, you, that were going on parallel to you breaking into the entertainment business mm-hmm. and how you managed to create entertainment programs that helped change things societally, too. Yes. You know, I've always said that football and, and, and black gold were probably the two most important things for racial integration know, in Mississippi. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they were just huge. You. Mm-hmm. you know, and you're a big part of that because, I mean, number one, you're playing football with somebody and you're in the trenches and you're sweating. That's and you're, right. You, so you get to know somebody and you learn them, finally, like that. But dang, black gold was so entertaining. Well, thank you. The, yeah. the, um, <clears throat> let, me, let me say this about AI. <clears throat> AI. It, it, but we really better give AI some thought and not take it cavalierly yeah, and that sort yeah. of thing for for several reasons. But one of the reasons is AI cannot ever substitute the feeling of an individual's soul. That's right. That's right. And when you're talking about artificial intelligence, it's exactly that. It's artificial. Now, it can do great and grand things. And if we don't police it properly, and if we don't stay on it and just let it go rampant, then we're going to be in some some stunning surprises of what it can do that's against society. Mm-hmm. So we got to be very careful of that. And the other thing is, it's going to make some people real lazy. Mm. And uh, we got to be careful <laughs> yeah. about mm-hmm. folks getting lazy about, well, I can just go in. I had one person tell me, 
while I was about to put together a uh, a, a, um, a not a bio but but a fact sheet about the, the entertainment thing that they were going to do, and the and the and the guy said to me, he said, "Well, you know, we don't got you don't have to go through all of that. I can just go over here and I can do so and so, feed this, that, and other, and then to spit out." I said, "No, but it never ever can capture the kind of things that I would say about you, yeah, because it don't know you. Yeah, I know right. you. That's the difference. Right. Uh, and coming up during the ages and during the time." I I was, I've always been a computer geek, but I would never get into computeries to the extent that it, it, it that I would let it control me rather than me controlling it. Mm. Oh, that's a great point. Mm. You're listening now. You're talking on MPB Think Radio. I am your host, Marshall Ramsey. A couple great guests today. We got Lee King in the house. And we also have Kamel King. Oh, by the way, yeah, they know each other quite well. And you, you know both of them. You're both famous. Oh, no, not me. We've been talking about AI and how that's going to affect the world. And we've been talking about the importance of good parents mm-hmm. you know, yeah. having, having oh, that yeah. influence on yeah. that. And we're going to talk, we've been t- touched a little bit on how, you know, black gold and something, you know, I think about James Brown. James Brown couldn't even get in. Was it Augusta that he couldn't get into? Couldn't get into the theater? I mean, you know, I was, he, if I remember correctly. He couldn't get in Augusta, Georgia. He had just made his home there. He couldn't get into the. Um, couldn't perform in it. Th- yeah. That is exactly correct. Uh, also, he had problems. Right around his radio station where we went to go do the radio shows was the Augusta Golf Club, uh, the the Masters. Mm. And um, several times as he and I and several of us were on our way to the radio station, we got stopped by police and various other folks who kind of said, you're not supposed to be in this area. And James Brown looked at him and said, listen, I own a radio station in this area. And they did not see the value of a person of James Brown caliber because he lived in Augusta, Georgia, a small town. Um, I got to tell you, uh, the, the experience in Augusta, Georgia was so different for me. And I was a very militant young man. I mean, very militant. But I always knew that I could say anything that I needed to say and just about do anything that I needed to do within the law and the boundaries of the law and correctly because I always knew that James Brown would stand by me. Yeah. And uh, I came up hard, man. I, you know, um, fighting Marshall <laughs> is what he's, he means. He fought every day. He fought every day. Yes. Yes. Yeah, well, fighting and all of that. And Anybody it, particular or just any all comers? <laughs> Everybody. Everybody. In, he was in the streets. That's what he's trying yeah, to say well, gingerly. That, 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 that is true. Yeah. But the, the street is a uh, great college and it taught me things that I could and couldn't do. Uh, there's nothing like that college um but anyway, the, the bottom line is if we talk about AI and what, where I came from and what we're doing and what my son's doing, uh, we've got to be very careful that we don't take AI to be dependent to the extent that we get so lazy and so much dependent on electronics and mechanicalism that we lose our soul. That's right. Yeah. Good way. Good good thing, Dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, no, I see what you're saying about AI because I think there are going to be some real... Um, you know, if you're reading a contract, for instance, 
you know, it can probably mm-hmm. go through a contract pretty quickly and probably save you a little bit of time on that. But you're still going to have to go back through yeah. it and check yeah. everything out. At the Fresco and the Law Group, and, and uh, you know, of course, I played different roles during the day. I'm uh, certainly a bureau manager with the state, but yeah. in, in uh, my other time, because entertainment doesn't have a clock. So right. at night, in I practice. Yeah, yeah. In my spare time, uh, and, uh, Mr. Frascona, Mike Frascona has been my mentor. Uh, and a since, great mentor. I love oh, Mike. Oh, man. Yeah, he, Mike he's is, a genius. Yeah. He, yes. he, he, he and my dad, well, I'm sorry, my dad and him uh, have been the greatest influences. They are both geniuses yeah. uh, in their own right. Uh, but, you know, just watching the things that he has done, you know, has really influenced uh, so many things. But we have an attorney now uh, in the office who only focuses on AI, NFTs, really? uh, uh, name and likeness as it relates to uh, collegiate players, you know, because this, the entertainment industry is now moving so quickly. It's changing so fast. Oh, man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you've got to, now these younger people are being trained in things that you know, people, somebody over 35 doesn't even understand, nor want to understand. Yeah. 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 Well, you think about, you know, the 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 football show that y'all you know y'all kind of played a part in being on that here you had the college you got the show there they're not going to pay the people anything but all the people are like wait a minute I'm going to be on Netflix mm-hmm. and I'm yeah. going to be able to make and that's the thing now it's like the exposure is just figuring out new ways and new venues to be able to monetize it and to be able to, to yeah exactly exactly so that, that's yeah I can see that I mean like it's last 10 years yeah but i'm off. feeling real terminator-ish about yeah, uh, if, if, if some bit. type of protocol doesn't come yeah 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 definitely on that yep. lately you, you got into television you got the show going what was that like i mean that had to be um i mean because there was probably some blowback in the community but then there was a huge love of the show as, as well i mean it was groundbreaking stuff for a, a fairly small market television show you were doing stuff that some of the big big tv stations wouldn't even have dreamed of mm-hmm. figuring out how to, it was very creative well it started out with the, with the idea when i was working for james brown he had, he had bought three radio stations he was about to buy a television station station in augusta georgia and he promised me that he would allow me to do that show yeah. with this new television station that deal went south it, 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 for whatever reason, he didn't buy the television station. So I thought my dream was was averted, that it was gone. Well, when I finally ended up coming to Jackson, Mississippi, I came, uh, I went to all three television stations, knocked on their doors, and most of them laughed at me, two in particular. And um, it's, it's, it's ironic. I almost starved to death for a whole year because of, of trying to put the television show together. The radio station told me, if you're going to do a television uh, show, we uh, need to be a part of it. We need to be co-sponsors of it. We need to have some input. And I told him emphatically, no, I got fired this next day. So I had no job. I had this idea. I parked at WLBT for one solid year. Every mm. time they turned the key at that door, I mm. was standing at the door. Wow. They turned me down and laughed at me and walked past me. Then one day, Bill Deal Day, mm. who was the yeah. first year, uh, African-American yeah. uh, manager in the United States, yes, that's right. said, 
come in, let's talk, let me tell me what you want to do, and so on and so forth. He did not laugh at me. He was the first person who did not, wow. from that uh, WLBT era, did not laugh at me. He said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to send you back there in the back, and you tell them what you want to do. Tell them how you want to do it. Let's see what you got. We're going to film it. We're going to tape it and see if it works. I went back there had a list of songs I wanted them to play. I danced. I announced. Everybody in every office, because we turned up the music so loud, came out to see what in the world is going on back there. I had a built-in audience. Mm. They screamed and shouted when I got through. Deal, they say, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to put you on for four weeks. We're going to see how it go. For those four weeks, the phone never stopped ringing. Mm-hmm. It, it it was a smash hit in those four weeks, and that is the beginning. And the reason I almost lost it because I couldn't find a sponsor. No sponsor would go with a dance program with uh, African American kids. They, they and my last, I was on my way home, and I was going down that street, and I saw Budweiser. As I was going home, I said, I'm going to go in here. This was going to be the last call, and I was going to give up on it. Mm. I pitched the idea to Theo Costa, who was head of Budweiser. He said, I tell you what, I'll try you for one month, and we'll see where it goes. Well, the rest was history. Wow. Theo Costa, I was on the air 21 years. Uh, Theo Costa and Budweiser sponsored me for 18 of the 21 years. Man. That's incredible. That was a saber because I was, I, I was on my last dime. Uh, I, my wife, who is my current wife right now, just thoroughly believed in me, never gave up on me. So that's a huge part of it right there. Oh, too. huge. Go, Klaus. Huge. Yeah. Huge part. She yeah, she never wavered. She yes. never wavered. And when I was down on my luck and had no money left, uh, we just figured things out. And lo and behold, Black Gold stayed on there for twenty one years. 21. Walter Payton was was a uh, dancer on on Black Gold. Yeah. So I did yeah. not know that. Yeah, the first Black Mississippi. Uh, I mean, the first Black, black Mississippi. Uh, no, the no. first Black uh, uh, pageant winner of the United States was from Black Gold. So we yeah. had a lot of people. Patrick uh, um, uh, was a um, world-renowned designer who went to Paris, France, became famous. So we had a lot of famous people coming Former out of sheriff there. Tyrone Lewis. Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, Tyrone was yeah. on Yeah, he was on there. Yeah. So we had a lot of good people. But, uh, you know, a lot of people give me a tremendous amount of credit. I give a, a a mass amount of credit to the kids who stuck with me, mm-hmm. who needed a place to go, who needed a place to share their talent, who needed to get off the streets. Yeah. Who who yeah. were some of them were in trouble before coming to me, and once they got in their shoe, that they stopped being in trouble. So and being like I just it hit me, becoming a black gold dancer. You remember? I mean, you know, like being a Jay Set at Jackson. State or something yeah. like that is big. Being a black gold dancer became a clique, a club that was like herald past anything. I remember that meant something yeah. to be a black gold dancer. Yeah. I still sit on the edge of my seat listening to my dad tell stories. It's still so much that he says that I'd, I'd be like, really? I've been with you all these years and y'all still didn't know that. Oh, I mean, and you know, you think about this is back before obviously social media, before everybody yeah. having a camera in their pocket and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. That was a 
big deal to be on television. That was powerful. That was a big yeah. deal. That was a powerful. I can remember. I mean, because in the seventies, the Atlanta what the meteorologist would put up kids' drawings. Yeah, that's right. Thing. That's right. And I have uh, yeah. three of my drawings on there. Wow. Oh, okay. Are yeah. you serious? Yes. yes. Okay. And it's like. I'm like, that, literally, that lit the fire. That literally lit the fire. <laughs> yeah. It was just like, okay, yeah. I'm on television. Yeah, yes, sir. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's a scene on TV. Yes, sir. But you so. just wasn't in Mississippi. You were in uh, the Southeast Market. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, several, they, several they, states. They took it out. Yeah, they, yeah. they yeah. syndicated And we had a chance to go nationwide. We... Uh, uh, Bob of, of, of BT, uh, BET wanted to do this show nationally, and we um, Frank Melton uh, flew me up there on his plane. We both went there, negotiated with Bob Johnson, and and thought we had a deal. And the deal was about to be signed and that sort of thing. They put a contract in front of me, and when I looked down at the bottom of the contract, it said, uh, show will be broadcast in Los Angeles, California, at... I forgot the name of the studio uh, in Burbank, California. That was a deal breaker. Yeah. I said, mm. it has to be done in Mississippi. Right. We are not going to prostitute our kids uh, uh, and just leave them out of it and then go get the, a group of folks from California uh, to do the show. It has to be done in Mississippi. That killed the deal. So that stopped me from mm. going national. And I didn't care. Yeah. Did wow. not care. Really didn't. So I was not going to do this show, and nothing came out of Mississippi of that magnitude. Right. So now all of a sudden I'm going to uh, go up to California and let California get the credit? No, no way. Whatever this show was made uh, uh, during the years I was on was because of those Mississippi kids. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, wow. They, they paid the dues. Wow. Man, I hope you all have listened to the whole show. If not, of course, you can always check out our podcast on your favorite podcast app. But this has been a great one. Lee, thank you so much. we got Lee King in, in the house, Kamal King as well. You know both of them. They're both legends, uh, father and son. But this has been a great conversation. And. I've been fascinated. I think one of the, and one of the joys I think of doing this program is I get to meet a lot of really talented Mississippians, and it seems like and I don't know if it's a you know a chicken or an egg thing if mm. we just have great storytellers or just great stories and that makes great storytellers. Mm. I'm not sure which one it is. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it seems like they have to leave the state before they they get that big opportunity, yeah. but that seems to be changing some because yeah. of the way the internet is and you can you know you see we do really well on cooking shows we do really well on vocal song i mean you know like the mm-hmm. you know the voice and, and america's got talent and so forth we do well on there we produce great authors we know about that yeah what is it in our drinking water i mean i know we have a lot of you know metals in our drinking water but i mean <laughs> <laughs> what is it that that makes us be able to produce so many incredibly talented people what you I, think, Daddy? That's an interesting question. I think because of the turmoil and the stress and the mm. and the problems that folks have gone through, they have turned to uh, bringing their talents to fruition and bringing it out front uh, when all the time it was there, but they just never had an outlet. Now we're beginning to see them to a point where they do have outlets. They had a television show called Black Gold. They had a radio show. They and they had uh, folks who believed in them and let them go into the studios and record that talent was always here and when you say what is it is it in the water no it's in the people uh the people have had so many different uh uh 
things happen to them in, in, in their lives, talent ro- rolls up uh, on its own basically because it had to. Mm-hmm. Some of yeah. them they had no other, other other outlet. I mean, uh, some of them could could have gone and do a nine to five, but the nine to five wouldn't do them nowhere near the justice as what their talent could do for them. So. I don't think it's in the water. I think it's in the people. That's yeah. real. Yeah. And and that's a great point. It's like a compost where you yeah. take all of the uh, bad organic stuff yeah. that you would throw away there and it starts percolating together and then it becomes the fertilizer that there grows something beautiful. Oh, so like that's, that. a, yeah. that's a great point, Dad. Um, and, and I liken it to this. Um, if and this is telling my age, you guys remember the Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah. Uh-huh. And when Jed Clampett shot his shotgun into the ground and then oil just spouted up. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's Mississippi. Mm-hmm. You know, it is right on the surface. There you, go. you don't have to dig long and dig hard. I mean, it is right there. there. Yeah. Uh, our only issue has been, has not been a talent issue. It's I a mean, belief. Because it's, it, there you go. And it's also <laughs> a processing yeah. issue. I mean, you got oil, but what if you don't know how to process oh, the oil? Yep. You yep. ship yep. it out yep. and other people uh, refine it and yeah. make all kind of different products. They make the money. You're selling it for pennies and wholesale but the real thing is is we had to invest like my father has like Mike Frascona in his yeah. firm has like I've continued to do and so many other people is to create the oil refinery there so that we can control the market can control the products can control how it's promoted you know and, and instead of receiving the credit and people taking the oil and then it gets rebranded mm-hmm. and yeah. it's not from here anymore not made in Mississippi now it's made in Atlanta made yeah, in LA made in uh-huh. Miami made in New York we get to control the narrative and so I think that's, right. that's why he has stayed here that's why I've stayed here and that, and that's the movement oh and I've had so many opportunities to to, to uh, be this entertainment director I, I had a job offered me in Las Vegas where it was an astronomical amount of money uh, I had opportunities in Los Angeles New York Miami uh, all of that but my whole thing was uh, Mississippi is the is, is the place that gave me birth gave birth to my talents and uh, uh, understood me. You can get lost in California. You can get lost in New York City trying to compete with the same amount of folks. Well, here in Mississippi, I'm I'm competing with a lot of people, but I'm competing more with myself. And Mississippi is just a breathing ground of just talented, strong people. Can't get away from it. And I love your analogy about the compost. Mine's always been it's like a a piece of grit and an oyster. Mm. Like all the bad stuff that we've got here, that's why Mm. we have the blue for instance mm-hmm. you know and literally the what we build the around is built the pearl that's mm-hmm. built around it the arts and the culture that we build yeah, is, is how we tell those stories and so forth and we create something really beautiful out yes of it. yeah that yes. start out something that was an irritant or a pain yeah you know so on that let me ask both of you on this so there's people listening right now that love would love to be famous or would love to do what advice would you give them if they're you know want to be a writer or they want to be a musician or they want to be an artist or whatever what advice would you give them in this world that we live in right now and how to get started because i mean i would give them advice but i mean i've been doing it for so long i don't even know how i would get started today Ooh, you could ask that a lot dad what would you, what would you say you know, you hear the same cliche again, so believe in yourself, don't give up, and that sort of thing. I'm going to say the first thing you must do to create a uh, platform, a, 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 a uh, 
way to distinguish yourself from everybody else Mm -hmm. is to do things different from everybody else. Mm. And that's the only way. And when people start criticizing uh, that you're trying to be uh, different than everybody else, that shouldn't be a criticism that should be a compliment mm. so when you uh, if, if you are listening today and you want to uh, say well what is it that can make me go from point A to point Z mm-hmm. uh, not only believe in yourself don't let anybody turn you around about what you are and who you are and if you continue to stay true to yourself if you do really have talent it's going to rise to the crop just uh, to the top, just like the cream. Yeah, that's right. no question yeah. about it. Yeah, that's good. I, I would say taking that the talent is real. Yeah. You know, putting that aside. Well, that's the thing too, because yeah. a lot of those people on the first week of American Idol, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's always like, oh, right. Somebody told them along the way that they're really good, yeah, and they right. lied to them. <laughs> <And they'd laughs> <lie to laughs> that's right. That's right. right. Yes, so, right. so if you're a parent, don't so lie to your kids. Don't lie to your kids because the world is not going to back it up. They're going to be on national TV and it's going to get ugly. That's right. Right. It's a lot of Simon Cowles in the world. Simon <laughs> so That's number good. one, be really yeah. honest with your child. Yeah, yeah. almost you certainly. Yeah. Be honest with yourself. Yeah. You know, it, well, that's hard, though. It is. Oh. It is. Yeah. But, well, once you have uh, a center about yourself that is uh, 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 about nobody can stop you and you have that in your heart and your spirit, no one, in, no one yeah. will be able to stop you. That's it, just the that's way right. it is. I would add three things. Of course, business. Yeah, you are not. It is a world where you cannot just be a creative uh-huh. anymore. You have to know some of the business, or hire people who do know the business and put them around you. But you have to educate yourself. If you, if you are dumb about the business, you're gonna get taken for a ride. Oh, I don't care yeah. how good your talent is. Uh, strategy. You know, you've got to be strategic because everybody in this business will take your money. Uh-huh. But you've uh-huh. got to have strategy to what yeah. you're doing and make you. you your moves and your money count for you rather than just throwing it at at the problem or throwing it at the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would say outside of that, uh, it really comes down to being a good person. Uh, I've learned from my mom and my dad that being a good person and having a good heart, although although this world, you got to protect it because this world will eat it up and spit it back out yeah. and it'll harden it. But if you can keep a good heart and yeah. really treat people yeah. well, yes. Yeah. Good manners will take you, and treating people good will take you places that talent and business will not, not get you. Yeah, that's right. And he's uh, they've always taught me that. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, just hearing his rise up from the radio station uh, from age one. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. But that said, <laughs> Daddy, we gon' we gonna laugh about this uh, for a long time. <laughs> You know I have complete love for Lee King, or I would not even be joking about that at all. I love it. I love it. You were 10 years old. Uh You showed up. When they told you to be there at at 6 o'clock at night, you were there before 6 o'clock at night. Most certainly. When they dealt with you, you did your job, but you were also, you cared about the people you worked with. I mean, I just hear these little bits and pieces in there. I think a lot of people forget those things. Yeah. If you don't show up, guess what? There's somebody right behind you that's going to show up. Most certainly. And and, and home training. My my mother and father uh, just taught me well. 
and uh, there was no nonsense. And if you're going to do a job, we're going to see to it that you do it, or you're going to have to answer to us. Yeah. Uh, the integrity that they instilled in me was the, is the same integrity that I instill in my children. And uh, you can have all the things you want, talent and, 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 and popularity and all that. If you don't have a good base home training with mother and father bringing you up correctly, I don't care how much time mm-hmm. you got, you're not yeah. going to make it. Yeah, I agree. Now, as we start to wind up, I will say that I hope everybody that's been listening has noticed a golden thread running through this whole conversation of what true success is and how you achieve it. Mm. Is the love you two have for each other. Yes, indeed. And the fact that at the end of the day, that your your dream or your profession or your career is not going to be holding your hand when you die. Yes. And the fact that yes. you all have those times every week where you sit there and you laugh and you tell jokes. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. you love. Yeah. yeah. And you bust each other's chops. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. 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 That's oh, all yeah. part that's, of it. That's what yeah. success truly yeah. looks like. Yeah. yeah. And faith. Faith and has faith. to be the Amen. center stone Amen. of it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Faith has to be the center stone of it's it all. It's got to be bigger than you. Yeah, it has yeah. to. It yeah. has to. And, and, and that's what God has been for me and yeah. is. But I tell you, Lee King is crazy. Yeah. I mean, stone crazy. <laughs> totally. And you, yeah. got, you know what? The, the fear in of and this is aside from tourism and and entertainment. The fear of your parents, not the fear <laughs> that you know, like they like they're abusing you. But I mean, love and fear being balanced in a household yeah. produces good kids. I'm still afraid of my dad and my mother. And because of that fear, in the same way they say, fear God, they don't mean to say, oh, no, but it's a respect. It's yeah. a, it's an honor. It's a, uh, knowing their position in your life and being able to humble yourself and listen. And so those things kept me out of so many things. And that's what's missing now is that fear, that good fear yeah. of your parents, yeah. you know, so that's a big part of it right there. I tell you, my I've got three boys. Um, none mm. of them draw. But mm. They're all very creative, okay. and they're very creative in their own ways. And my middle one started doing some media stuff. Very good in front of a camera. He's he won like podcaster of the year in high school. Wow, He's really good on a mic and on that and everything else. And I was like, Are you sure that you would want to do this? And mm-hmm. he said, Dad. He said, I've spent my whole life watching you do it. Wow. Mm-hmm. And he wow. said, I know I can do it. Yes, that's right. And, and, that's, and that's the big thing. You got to watch him. Yep. And he got to watch his parents. That's right. And it's just the end of the day, kids watch you more than they listen to you. Yes, they that's do. Right. Yeah. They so do. It's, it's, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything that I have left out as we wrap up? Well, yeah. there's the last word that I'll have before we get off. The greatest gift or the greatest um, inspiration that I have my, is my family. Yeah. My wife, steady as a rock, the Ooh, greatest woman yes. on the planet that nobody is like yes. her. My children are, I, I could not have custom designed children greater than the ones that I've had. If God would have said to me, now tell me, son, how do you want your sons and daughters to be? I would not have been uh, even close to being able to uh, have made the kind of children that I have. The best thing in my life, regardless, not money, not fame, not fortune, is my family. Wait a minute. You had an S on the end of sons. We got a, I got a brother out here. Is oh, what you it, just it said? Might, it might be. I, well, I oh, Lord. Marshall. <laughs> this has become an expose right there. Quick. What else is going on when you're a fan? That's what I want to know. That James Brown on the road exactly. stuff. <laughs>
<laughs> I, I got to tell you, about to say, happy Father's Day. Thank you, belated, thank but you. I'm a father, too, now, Marshall. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 I'll do my thing now. I'll do my thing. Hey, Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. I, you know, even we pause and we laugh. The greatest gift I got yesterday, to be honest with you, was having my three boys in the house. Yes, oh, and yes, just sir. with them. You know, I just yes, I'm, I'm very proud of the men they are. And yes, that's right. Sir. That's right. That's the greatest gift at all. No yeah, I'm telling you, my daughter is definitely mine. Yeah, yeah. I ain't no doubt about it. Yeah. Oh, mine are all look just like my wife. So there's hope. <laughs> <laughs> they're hope. They're all good looking. This has been a joy, guys. Oh, yeah, same here. My both. pleasure. Same here. We need to do this again soon. Yes, it's indeed. It's too much fun. Yeah. Hey, and I want to I want to thank y'all for listening. And a special thanks to our guests, Lee King and Kamal King, father and son. It's a dynamic dynamic duo. This is really a great show. If you'd like to hear it again or any past episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app or MPB Public Media app. Now you're talking is production of MPB Think Radio with episode and podcast produced by the incredible. And surprisingly silent today, Jermaine Flood. Yes, oh, yeah, yeah. We Jermaine, love you, Jermaine. We love you. I love you, Jermaine. Uh, now she's a rock star. <laughs> yes. Hey, stay, oh, yes, stay tuned for Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm Marshall Ramsey. Y'all have a great week. We'd like to see you next week, same time. This station, Black Gold, will be coming at you. My name is Lee King. I'm from Be Say bye bye. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.